What's really going on, everyone? Back again with another episode. This is season four, episode four of the What's Really Going On podcast. As always, I am Noah Lyons, joined by Mackenzie Marshall and Henry Woods. Before we get into everything, uh, this is going to be a special 2023 wrap-up edition. But before we get into that, be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. That includes TikTok, Instagram, or uh, no, X or Twitter, however you want to call it. Henry's already like, damn, you're messing this up. At WRGOPod. Be sure to like, listen, subscribe on all of our streaming platforms. That includes YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeart Music, and now amazon mackenzie and henry how are you all doing well how are you how are you guys i am i am doing good i am waiting um i feel like this time is weird because i mean you know we all try to do stuff professionally i feel like this is the time where everyone tries to like apparently when the clock strikes 2024 we have to have everything done by then so like people are like we have to finish this by the end of the year and i'm like no we don't we literally have next week. <laughs> then the we have all next like, we have yeah. all next year. I feel mm-hmm. like this is the time of year where everybody is kind of lazy and like not wanting to do I none of it. Yeah, they've been working your girl. Yeah, same. People are like, we gotta get this done by before twenty twenty four. And I'm like, this can be a January eighth thing. Yeah. To January eighth, exactly. <laughs> like, like we could do this in February. You're just pressed because <laughs> you know, for some reason twenty twenty four turning is like crisis for you but i digress so we are going to now talk about i think everything that has that we have talked about this past year in our end of season three beginning of season four so i guess we're just going to get into it um we kind of have a loose very loose structure and i think we're just going to talk about the big things of this year um one thing that's not on the podcast doc that we have but i'll get you all to think about we usually do this every uh last episode of the year is uh what your new year's resolutions will be i feel like it's a little early for that but Put everyone on the spot. Like, here. It's usually at the like later tail of December. We probably are gonna get another episode. The news cycle is just slow. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie and I, I have an like, anime tip. We said this is it. Yeah, because what <laughs> next week is the week before Christmas, then it's Christmas, then the week after that is New Year's. And Mackenzie will have that out of office uh, text message pre drafted. <laughs> I'm trying to get the people content. No? <laughs> Follow us on social media for that. Um, so I guess we'll just begin here. Um, Henry put, how are we already here? I don't know how we're already here, but I think the first thing, who actually did the doc? We're talking in real time as if we're not recording. but Right. Like, so Henry, Henry, Henry gets the doc. So Henry, no. I'll let you start us off with the first topic in the doc. <laughs> uh, Trump's mugshot. That was a big thing. Big deal. It, it was, was the fall think, of the yeah. whole, like chain of command on his camp like I thought that that was I mean I was I put that in there because I just felt like reflecting on one of our first not first few episodes but our older episodes when we talked about the election and then we were recording during the election we were recording during the impeachment we I feel like on record said that we didn't even think that you know he was going to even get arrested or go this far so to see his mugshot I thought it was kind of a full circle moment but it is interesting to see that like he's still doing well in the polls so that's interesting. I think that's what's interesting to me about the mugshot. The fact that like, well, next year, the election year, we're going to see this man running for a presidential campaign. So like you talk about somebody who had a terrible year and then the top of their next year is looking bright and whatever, <laughs> you know, like be, be, be FFR. <laughs> 
I would pose the question to you all. Do you think, because um, I think, funny enough, I think the thing that actually hurts Biden the most is actually if Trump actually faces more legal trouble, because then he can, like, have the argument of, oh, look at all these people who are against me, and I think that'll make people, like, irrationally go toward him. Um, we were famously, I think all of us were wrong in terms of not thinking that anything would even happen like this. Do you think that he will actually get indicted? I have kind of talked myself into, I think, in Georgia he will. Um, which I think then brings up more like legal questions in terms of like, can someone who's indicted also run? You um, literally just took it up. That's what I was about to say. Like when you were saying all of that in my head, I'm like, bro, like literally think about that. Uh, Fred, uh, somebody that is going through a, convict, a convicted felon, <laughs> convicted right. felon is running for president. That doesn't even sound like. It shouldn't be real life. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, are we in an assimilation or something? Yes. Yes. We are in an we assimilation. Are. <laughs> we are. Um, That's crazy to me. And the and the funny thing is, I feel like when we're doing this episode next year, um, one will be reacting to the election, but I feel like we won't be able to talk about the election without talking about, like, what happened to him legally. Because I feel like those two things are going to be, like, one is going to lead to the other whether for better or for worse. But I feel like this story is like not going away. Like what happens if someone actually has to put the cuffs on him? And like, I don't know. But again, so imagine, crazy this to man, see. imagine this man running for president and he's- From, from the courthouse? Literally that. And I guess what is also like, I guess pivoting like sub conversation mm -hmm. of this is like the fact that Biden- like we posted to our Instagram uh, a couple of weeks ago, like Biden admitted the only reason he's running is because of Trump. So to I me, feel like he said that before. I feel like I'm all not, I'm not mad saying, I have to run because he's running, you know. But who? What other Democrat has the manpower to be? And the and the funny thing is, that's what I would say if I was Biden. I would just say I'm running because no one else. I'm the only one who can beat him. That's what I would say. It's like you turn your weakness into a strength. I'm the only person that beat him. Hillary couldn't do it. No other Democrat wanted to step up. I'm here now. So like what y'all going to do? I think he kind of needs to be a little bit stronger. And like the funny thing is, I think even when you kind of get down to it, I think and we've talked about this, like to me, his age is not a concern. It's like just like the actual stuff that he's not doing. It has nothing to do with like how old he is. Like Trump's two years younger. So like, what does that mean? I don't think. It, no, to me. His age wouldn't be a conversation if he got student loans. Well, no, no, you're right on the age thing. You're right on the age thing. However, if, again, we're paying attention to what's going on and we see how Biden is trying to amp up for this election year, he's been student loan heavy. Like, I, we just posted something to the IG account to where, like, there's you they're doing where you can get a refund on your payments if you paid through a certain time period like he's been trying and i think what because because our our last episode we were like if we were biting advisors blah, blah, right um go watch the episode now so are you saying that biden listened to our last episode and he took our advice is that what you're saying <laughs> The brand is hey, let's add the people in question though. But all I'm saying is he has been heavy. He has been heavily actively working to attempt to massage the idea of student debt relief. So 
I can apply even, even though, even though, and this is like usually I'm the one who's like kind of like trying to help Biden out. I'm actually gonna throw a wrench into that. Do you know anyone who has gotten any of his loan forgiveness? It's a lot of money. It's like eight billion dollars total. It's a shit ton of money. I don't know anyone who's gotten anything off there. So and that was the question that's of a problem. allocation and all of that stuff, which I, I I'm here with you because uh funny enough, somebody did comment on our last Instagram post and said they got an email and said they would deny that they qualify, something like that. So like it becomes a question of how is this being allocated? However, on a like bigger scheme or you know, perspective of things, I think it's good to look at the fact that he is he's attempting to do something. He's not just doing he because one, he did put out uh, some type of legislation toward the fact of trying to forgive student debt earlier on. However, the courts blocked it. So it's not like he didn't uphold his promise. He tried, it got blocked by the courts, and now, you know, he's now trying to do whatever he can to save his main theory or ideal of running over and you know i'm not a biden apologist at all however i have been like you know as as we're preparing to you know do certain things with our branding and marketing i've just been thinking like of the severity of this next election and it makes me consider like the realism we're sitting in and when we get into these later types topics of inflation and like homelessness and pay wages and all of those real things where we're facing almost a maybe like depression great some that type of period where like things are getting very are, are going to get very bad i would prefer to have a democrat as a president you know so Mac i you know yeah. for, for our audio listeners mackenzie is sitting there with a face that is very relaxed but also says where's my money at joe that's yeah. what it's giving. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of like, I feel like for every single election that I can remember, like even as a kid, it's always been this is a serious election. This is a, uh, we need to, this is a historical election. And then it's the same old thing. They run on these promises and they don't get the promises because it's being blocked. Then they try to maneuver and make it work somehow. And I'm just kind of like, over it and I'm also not really confident enough that I mean I'm yes Biden beat Trump before but I don't know I'm just not confident that he can beat him again even with everything happening like I I guess anything is possible but I'm not 100% 10 toes down that Biden is definitely able to win and the only thing that I think that could really set maybe a Republican apart is if they really do go on um an education thing of like doing student loans i think i think ugh, i think navigating the student loan conversation for republicans if trump came in and said the same things and was able to maybe make better promises i think he could easily get that swing vote whether he provides on those promises or not so i don't know i don't know well i'm sure that will be our leading topic for all of 2024 um, the next thing that we have, which is actually a little bit relevant today, again, given news came out about this a little bit today, which is, I think, more annoying. Um, that has to do with the whole entire Tory Lanez, Megan Thee Stallion situation. There was kind of some 
leaked news that I think was totally garbage that came out from like, oh, Tory Lane's bodyguard had said this. And it's like, yeah, someone on the payroll would try to cap for Tory Lane. But I also think in terms of, I think when we do, when we're talking about like the wrap up, I actually think this was actually like a really interesting moment, I think culturally, where it seemed like I think so many people were kind of either split or I think it has to do, and I'll rely on Mackenzie for this. I think this has to do with so much information about like, how we get news, where we get news, misinformation, misogyny, all of these other type of issues, I think kind of are wrapped up in this one issue. But I don't think we've had that conversation in terms of like how that plays out or how that did play out and how a lot of it looking back is actually really effed up for Megan Thee Stallion, I think. No, it really is. And I agree about, I don't know if that situation is true. I saw it on like uh, Twitter and it was about, I guess his bodyguard had... Said, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. was holding the. I don't even know why the case is still a discussion because it's he's already in jail or whatever. But yeah, well, just in it, I would insert myself here just to kind of give context mm-hmm. to what we're discussing or the topic, the current topic. His uh, bodyguard wrote like a letter, um, and it insinuated that Kelsey, the friend, maybe was the person that shot mm-hmm. Matt. Which would make sense, given that that person is on the person who's in jail's payroll, or was. That would make sense. Or that's how I read that, but that's just me. But Mackenzie, please can continue. I mean, I was just going to say, so there's that, and then recently, I don't know who dropped a song first. Megan dropped a song. I guess it was her mm-hmm. first single after the whole situation, and she was talking about her ex-boyfriend, who she called cheating on her. And then Party came, her ex-boyfriend came, and dissed her again. And I just feel like today or whenever you hear this episode, um, recently Megan was on live or Instagram live mm-hmm. kind of like defending herself. And I just feel, I don't want to judge how people like defend themselves. But I just yeah. hate how that she feels that she has to do that. You know, like I hate that she feels that she needs to clear her name still and like bring clarity to the situation. I know it's kind of separate. It's not about Tori, but it's still connected with Tori because he tried to say that she lied about it and stuff. And I just feel like, you know, I just want, I want Megan to have a great year next year and I want her to leave this all in the past. But the thing that was really just, again, disappointing is just to see how many men are still defending Tori and still kind of defending party and even saying that. What you about to say, Henry? Why did I get thrown? I saw your face. Because, like, to Noah's point, well, one, he did try to, like, um, my, I hate when I lose words. You know, admit, like, you know, a foul of, uh, like, get it reversed, get the decision. Ooh, Tory? Yeah. Yeah. He, appeal. That's the word I was looking for. I don't know why I'm so loosey. But point in case, he tried to, he filed an appeal or whatever, and it got denied per my knowledge. So it becomes... Like both of you all are saying, or to Noah's point directly, where like this is has actually been like I think a defining topic of the year to some de- some degree because like literally earlier today I was kind of checking up with one of my uh, littles, Neos from Howard or whatever, and somehow we started talking about this and we were in opposing odds on it and I'm not going to firmly state my stance or his, but um, I feel like it has 
caused a lot of like defining character moments uh, for society in terms of like how people view stuff. I was about to say something else. But, what like, do you mean? Like, one, this man like assaulted a female. So like the fact that, okay, we can't give into the truth of, okay, that's just what happened. For me, that's kind of problematic with like moral character and standing. Like, wait, if, what exactly is problematic? If you can't believe that this man actually pulled a gun out, shot a female, it's like, why are you thinking Meg is lying? You get what I'm saying? Now, there was a lot of speculation and all of this extra drama around the issue for no reason. And I think, again, it just causes a lot more confusing but for me it's just black and white like from what i see what i read what i heard whatever i've come to the decision of like okay whatever happened happened he was maybe fought it for it and he's now in jail like that's my opinion on it i don't care to defend him i'm not like free tory or nothing like that so it becomes conflicting for me of why has this become such, you know what I'm saying? Why is it such a big deal when like these real issues happen on an everyday, day-to-day basis? That's that was the that was the exact point that I was gonna make, is that I think that um and Mackenzie, I think as the only woman on this podcast, would be able to like talk about this in more specificity than myself. But I think that there's a general lack of awareness that I think men have towards the actual real life daily abuses that women face in terms of sexual violence, domestic violence, physical violence. And I also think that includes like they're ignorant to both, I think, their friends, but also what has happened to the women in in their own families (laughs) in terms of directly having these conversations with them about like, hey, what is your actual life experience? And then you know that these things are actually a lot more common than they actually are discussed. And that most times when someone is sexually assaulted or domestically abused, nothing actually happens to the abuser. They just get to walk free. But more often than not, women know that because I'm sure Mackenzie knows a lot more women who have suffered these issues and not actually spoken about them than you and I do. And I think it goes to the fact that like men don't have these conversations or are forced to directly confront them, even with people who are in their own family, their mothers, their sisters, their grandmothers, their own daughters. Um, and I think in terms of like how we talk about that now, that has to do with like the Diddy stuff. People don't aren't able to like conceptualize that like this person could have done this. And that's everyday stuff for some women. It's not shocking because this stuff happens every day. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think we're able to like, or not, we're not able, but like to what Mackenzie was talking about in the last episode of like women kind of deny that sometimes selectively, but men aren't, all, men aren't able to understand that. And men are the ones who are like dr- annoyingly driving the conversation behind this and their own ignorance and getting in their way. Um, so I think that's why this is like a really interesting moment. It's of course, another moment that should have been a teaching one, but we don't learn lessons <laughs> from this type of shit, which is annoying. <laughs> but Mackenzie, I don't know if you have anything to add as, a, as the only woman, I think who just, just, you know, have the more direct confrontation with this stuff than Mackenzie yeah. Henry and I will ever know, but yeah and i just hate like so when it happened or when it happens to women it's always and especially when it comes to men i don't know if it's a defense mechanism or like just how boys are raised but i always feel like the first response is like oh what did you do or like what happened and Mm -hmm. it's not really victim blaming 
Yeah, it's victim blaming. And do I think it's intentional? I think it's just a society thing that we've all grown up in. And it's just like, oh, wait, like, how could this person do this to you? And not immediately being on the side of the victim. And it, and it when you ask those type of questions, whether you whether you're consciously make understanding that you're kind of taking a side, I do feel like with those type of questions, you are siding with the person who um the abuser because it's kind of it's insinuating like what happened what did you do it's always on the victim and it's never on the abuser like with Diddy and Tori it's all it, the conversation was like well why didn't she speak up earlier y'all know she was uh, with Megan y'all know um she be drinking maybe they were it was all of these other excuses to just and then to also justify the behavior that's being displayed with Diddy He's rich, you know, he maybe was going to put her on and make a career. This is just what happens. And it's just like, why do we have to have these podcast conversations for 30 minutes to really get people in? I won't say, I'm going to say people, but it is men, but women do also play a part in it as well. Um, why do we have to have these conversations all the time? And I hope that there isn't another Megan, Tory, or a Diddy in X, Y, and Z situation where we have to have this conversation again. But I do think it is important for men to hold your friends accountable and have these conversations because at the end of the day, it don't matter what we talk about on this podcast. If you leave and go back with your homeboy and you hear something and you still playing the part of like victim blaming and siding with the abuser, even if it is his, even if it is your close friend, family member or abuser, like you do at some point have to take a side and take a stand. And if you don't, what are we really doing as a people, as a community? That's where I get like, is one is not just men, um, women, to your point, like when we say victim blaming, a lot of people who are in these unfortunate situations sometimes go back to or how you're saying take a stance and I'm going to rope in a top topic that was kind of later down the pole here. Um, Jonathan Majors is abuse it's in, you know, same situation. So it becomes tricky when my childhood baddie is standing next to this man who, where she's made a moral oh, stand. Megan Good. You're talking about Megan Good. And she's making a decision to, you know, be next to this man. So we can't just always fall in because we can say she's enabling his behavior. Um, and I don't know what recent evidence in detail that has come out about that. Did you, you didn't see the TMZ video? And yeah, which is why like I've even, I've even seen people who are already on the path of like defending Jonathan Majors already. And like to, to what Mackenzie was saying, what you both were saying, this is going to be another like touch point. Because I think what we also do, there's also a racial conversation in this instance, where I think because Jonathan Majors, the alleged person who was abused as a white woman, I think now we're going to deal with like a racial conversation of, oh, this white woman is lying on this black man. And I think that's how we talk ourselves into really, really bad stuff. <laughs> and this the old already... of our time, like he didn't like, you know, those become real questions. What's the question? moments of our generation like who what exactly we? is the question though it's a lot to, to Noah's point it's a lot of questions at play here outside of this being a you know physical saw domestic violent issue between a man and a woman this we let race cloud what like other stuff <laughs> we let that be in the foreground without actually like just questioning like 
did OJ kill this person? <laughs> but then it becomes like a racial conversation that yeah. then sides with the fact of like, no, this person killed two people, but we're going to like use this person as like the black token person. So to Henry's point, I, I told, and I think we're headed for that. <laughs> and I can already see it shifting in a way that I think it's like really, really uncomfortable for me because I'm like, and we've, Lord knows Henry and I have had this conversation, but like, he's just not the one to fight for. <laughs> like, he's just not. And I think we as and a culture have a problem Megan, with letting people go. We have a problem with letting people go. We have a problem Megan, with letting go. I don't know what type of publicity stuff y'all got going on, but baby, if you hit us, you are making good. Megan, good that you know that Tiana Wax. Yeah, that just makes it like, me like we need to leave that alone. How you was going in on Carisha the last episode? I'm going in on her. Like she's pissing me off. She is too much of a ten to be with that lime. Like I've never heard that before. That's so lime. funny. I mean, oh, I'm not gonna lie. Like when I first, here, bro, like that when I first saw her, when I first saw her with him, I'm like, are we missing something as people? Like, are because I'm, and I guess you know what I'll call myself. I don't know if this is victim blaming, but I did think like. Is there something that we out on the outside don't know that she knows? Because she doesn't need a publicity stunt. She don't need a man. She was just married. Like, none of this makes sense. But then on the other side of it, just outside of abusing abusiveness and stuff like that, I'm just like, why would you want to be a part of this nonsense? You know, like, why would you want the chaos? Why would you want to be going into court? Like, why would you want that for yourself, especially coming out of a divorce? Like, that makes no sense to me. But yeah, we could ask the same question of Carisha, and you did last week. But here we are. So topics somehow find a way to connect to previous. That's why you should listen to all of our episodes because it all connects. Um, all right, now before, we kind of got the heavy stuff out the way first. Now we're going to kind of get into like some lighter <laughs> topics. We just have the submarine disappearing. I'll let someone else talk about this because I had a brain fart when we were talking about this. Somebody else cook. What was this at the beginning of the year? I feel like it was still cold outside, so maybe beginning like of the year. early, or early. yeah, maybe spring. But this is when y'all remember when there was this submarine that went down in the ocean. It was a bunch of rich people, and they couldn't find it. It was missing, and then long story short, it was imploded. And the jokes, even though at first, honestly, the jokes on Twitter were crazy, but I'm not gonna lie, I was actually kind of like. Not sad. I didn't know those people, but I was kind of like, damn, that's y'all laughing at that. That's crazy going down and you never come back up. But also, I just I don't know if they were all white, but I'm gonna assume that they're all white. Why are you going down to the bottom of the ocean? What are what oh they were looking for Titanic stuff, weren't they? Mm -hmm. They were looking for stuff from Titanic. Why that whole situation made no sense to me. We have like sources and we're credible, you know. Journalistic media podcast. So, per the New York Times, McKinsey's favorite organization, the catastrophic explosion. Um, it was like five lost people. They went down like sixteen hundred feet. Um, basically, this business has been going that like putting submarines and all that down in the ocean for a few years. This just so happened to be a bad trip, supposedly. Um, and that it exploded. They went down too far. And then, you know, they sent actual like military combat 
down the, the Coast Guard was right. in there to go look for these people. Um, but they was never found. It happened in the summertime, so like June. Uh, it was definitely a big, big, big topic on Twitter, and everybody was talking about it. But I think it's just crazy to me that this is a big topic because this is a big topic the aliens that were found. It's also like <laughs> I didn't think that was that big of a topic. What? <laughs> but my whole thing with the aliens, I was just like, y'all really thought that humans were the only we're people the only in one. this entire universe? There's this many X, Y, and Z planets, stars. We the only ones here. That's impossible. That's we're that special. I think it's crazy that they brought that thing here and it's been here on Earth for uh, years or however long. That's the crazy part. Leave that thing out where y'all found it. But yeah, no, nah, you really, Henry, you really didn't think there was no alien. I, 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 I like considered, you know, other beings being able to exist for sure. I just didn't like. Like I feel like uh, we they already knew this stuff and we just didn't know. Oh no! Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I feel like they kept it. it it's been here for like years. I feel like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what um, else these people know? Uh, the craziest thing I'll say about the submarine is that um, the thing that I forgot. Apparently, they went down there with like a Game Boy, not a Game Boy controller. I'm being funny, but like they went down there with like a game console controller to like steer it and. I think that's an example of when you're so rich that like the things that would be a concern to us, I don't even like to go swimming in a pool that's like more than 15 feet deep. That's past my comfort zone. So for you to go 16, whatever, what was the number you said, Henry? They went 1,600 meters. That's why I said it has to be some white people because like who else is doing (laughs) We ain't got the time to, we done been through too much to do all that. (laughs) And can you imagine telling you? I got real world problems. I ain't trying to get my money. Going down sixteen hundred feet. I'm trying to survive on this. <laughs> like, I'm no. trying to survive at sea level. At yeah. sea level, I can't make it. Um, the next one that we have, and Mackenzie, I'll just let you take center stage here, and I'll ask my follow up question. Beyonce World Tour, Mackenzie, the floor is yours. Okay, so at the top of the year, Beyonce made history as the most decorated Grammy Award winning artist. Pe- artist or female mm-hmm, artist? Mm-hmm. Artist, sure artist, 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 artist. Period. Period. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I will say about that, I don't know what the Academy, or I guess it's not the Academy, but the Grammys are doing with withholding her album of the year. But I think that she just as a Virgo, I feel like my Virgo sister is not going to stop until she gets album of the year because I feel like that's just the biggest award you can receive. Um, so I'll say that. And then the world tour, amazing. This is this has been her best tour to date. And I've been to a lot of Beyonce tours. In fact, my first concert was Destiny Child when I was like in the second grade. So I've been following mm. this girl for a minute. And I haven't seen her movie because I'm not going to lie. Everybody said it was good, but uh, I'm obsessed with Beyonce. So I feel like I already know what I'm going to get. I'll just wait for it to come on streaming. But um, I'm I'm really happy with this world tour. And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping Usher announces a world tour after the Super Bowl because I think that that will be another great tour. Because I don't know, like, I don't like to compare artists, but I went to Beyonce... I went to Drake this summer and I went somewhere else. And 
people aren't performers. Some people can be artists and great singers, rappers, whatever, but everyone is not a performer. And I, I appreciate people like Beyonce and Usher who are going out every single day, putting on a show, entertaining us and making us, making it worth our money. So yeah, it's beyond the music. Yeah. I agree with you on a few of those points. And when you're saying that about like just artistry performance offset came to mind for some reason, because I recently listened to like an interview or like something uh, he was saying where he's putting more into his artistry mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. rap and all that because of the fact that like the art of music is becoming a little bit lost and people like Prince and Beyonce and the greats have created a legacy because they are giving real performance, real music, real, like, that's why Andre 3000 dropped the flute album. He said the, like, the loss of the, the love of the art is becoming lost. Uh, so, yeah, but when you were saying all that stuff about Beyonce not getting nominated and all that, uh, it made me think, and I kind of noted it on the doc, she wasn't nominated for person of the year, uh, allegedly apparently per my sources uh times person of the year and it becomes conflicting because when you google certain information on it and the source i have been directly and i'm gonna speak from is billboard but it says taylor swift's tour gross mm -hmm. higher than hers and then you have like other reporters say that she didn't like taylor swift tour didn't even report to mm -hmm. certain like let's say um scholastic scholar people who are credible in this dang on field like billboard they didn't tell billboard how much money they made but uh, beyonce made 580 million which is great groundbreaking and they would say like that's a nine figure earning compared to other tours who run that same or shorter amount of periods uh and for her to be a black woman uh making that amount of money and this, I think, inflated economy is a big deal to speak to where, and I'm not no big. One thousand percent. And I'm what not I the beehive or nothing. Well, I am, and what I will say about the Taylor Swift thing, it's been kind of annoying to watch the media and even where I work because it's like every I feel like publication I've read of a review about Beyonce, you can't talk about Beyonce without talking about Taylor Swift, and I don't think that that's right. Why can't the black girl just be the black girl that's breaking records in her? She's in her own lane. They are not the same. They are they. The only thing that's similar is that they were both on world tours and they both released the movie, which at, at this point in this day and age isn't really that. But no, if you want to be honest, as as a person who would well, not, if you want to, in my opinion, as a person who works in marketing, observing Taylor Swift's Aries, whatever Aries. Eras. She, she literally stole Beyonce's concept yes. from every single angle and then tried to revamp it and sell it to another audience, if I'm being honest. Because prior to, not like just genuinely, again, from a marketing standpoint, what other artist is dropping movies at a theater to watch behind the scenes tour happenings? Beyonce had already did this with Homecoming. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking solely from a marketing perspective because Beyonce's whole thing since the digital drop has been reinventing and re-innovating how artists drop music. She's taking yeah. it 
each level. And that's the, and again, I'm not in a beehive, but I could argue. I, but facts is facts. I and it's not, it. it's not fair. It's not fair because it just kind of like removing Beyonce out of it. And I'm sure all of us can relate to it. It's like, damn, the black kids can't twice get this. Twice as Twice as hard. Twice as hard. Twi to twice get as hard for half as much. Twice as hard for half as much. Because it's just, it's just like, you know, you win an award at work and then, oh, Bob did great too. Or like, you know, you get a promotion and then Bob is up there. It's like, why can't I just be an individual? They just can't shine on their own. Yeah, why can't I just watch shine Black on Y'all watch Black Hate. Y'all see what Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why you never, that's a whole nother conversation. Y'all need to watch Black Hate. I've been so job. Um, but yeah, so like, it's just, it's been really annoying because I can't like literally Google any article about Beyonce in a reputable um, publication. It's always mentioning Taylor. It's always mentioning Taylor. And it's just like, and I don't want to say Taylor stole from Beyonce. I think Taylor looks up to Beyonce and I do think it's a valid friendship, but to keep comparing <laughs> them and mentioning them as if they are so similar is just, it's ridiculous. I'll just say this as like I think the music person of the three of us. I think um Taylor I, I would I would not be shocked if Taylor somehow had more gross than her. Like that would not shock me. Just I think because that has to then do with how much you're selling, where you're playing, how many dates you're playing. But then I think it gets to like the actual like cultural impact. And that is something that the largely white media cannot understand is that like Beyonce's impact on the culture dictates our culture, which dictates every other culture and cultures that are not black. Taylor Swift is not making a punctual impact on black culture in the way Beyonce's cultural impact changes the entire country landscape. There's no comparing the two in that, like, I wouldn't say that I'm a Beyonce fan, but I am culturally aware of everything that she's doing because she has that type of gravitational pull where with Taylor Swift, I'm not, that's not penetrating my ecosystem because it's not, it's just not. And that's something that I think largely white folk white writers white reviewers cultural music will never understand it's like a matter of like do you have it and what is it and beyonce has it and that's something that taylor swift will never have and that's something that white writers will never understand like beyonce is the culture taylor swift just makes music and there's a difference even between taylor swift who are probably is the music powerhouse for white people there's a there's there's an ocean between the two in terms of like what they're doing the impact that they're having and like, there's no comparison. There's true, I can't even stress that. There's like no comparison to what like Beyonce is doing compared to what Taylor Swift is doing. Beyonce's not just making music. As we've said, Beyonce is air quote it. Um, when we consider where we're comparing her to as black music lovers and culture consumers, um, let's say a Prince, a Whitney Houston, these people who, uh, uh, or a, uh, um, what I can't what is Michael that? Jackson the gowns the gown Aretha oh, uh, uh, compare her to these figures, they yeah, were easily right no, no, no. when we compare her to these figures though they were actively involved in world issues civic engagement real issues and when we talk about current times now there's a world war going on in which Beyonce has not <laughs> spoken on mention okay. None of that. Right, I will. The, the I will people say that say no, no, no. I ain't catch up now. The uh, the the people are saying, you know, if you're a great, because if we again, these greats 
actively said things and spoke out about these issues, but Beyonce hasn't. And then on top of that, allegedly now, her movie was released in certain places that may gain support from certain parties involved in this predicament in World War that don't benefit the right side. So I just want to throw that out. I will say this because I actually think that um, the thing that I think that annoys me about, I think, how we have cultural criticism, especially in terms of like Beyonce, where I think there is naturally, I think, because there have been a lot of unnecessary criticism of her, I think when there is not valid criticism, but I think like an actual conversation to be had, I think people, members like card carrying members of the Beehive, I don't think Mackenzie's one of them, will just like shun it off as ridiculous when I think there's an actual question that I think actually has to get to like, who Beyonce is as a person and I think as someone who loves music I think the thing that I take away from it is that like we don't actually know who Beyonce is we never have and um I think it's it's wrong for us to I think one ask someone who is super super rich to all of a sudden understand the plight of you and I living check to check like no Beyonce's not going to understand that but I do think that there is an interesting conversation in that like we don't actually know who Beyonce is. She doesn't talk. She doesn't do interviews. And I understand why she does not. However, I then think that she lets her art do talking for her when I think her art is very intentional. And I think we often assume meaning from it that I don't think she actually has any like hard grounding behind like Renaissance and Mackenzie can tell me, can tell us better than me. It's like an album from when I listened to it, it's clearly birthed in kind of a very much so like a very forward facing queer revolutionary type of album in terms of celebrating these forms of music that have been, you know, historically marginalized within queer communities. I don't know if that's actually what Beyonce thinks. I can see that in the music, but I think, which is why I think overall, like it's annoying that Drake doesn't do interviews. It's annoying that all of our media is fractured because we actually don't know what these people think. And I think with Beyonce, I don't really take any meaning from anything because she doesn't talk about it. And she's very selective in the moments that she is. Um, so while I think it's a valid criticism for us to say, like, you're not saying anything on this, she doesn't say anything about anything. Why would she change now? And I think that's also a way for, I think, given how the media has treated Black women in music, which is historically very much so unfair, I can see why she's very protective. But then I think we take her protectiveness and then try to make something of it that I don't think it necessarily is or that we don't have enough foundation to say it is. I don't know if Beyonce is, you know, a queer revolutionary icon because she doesn't talk about it. So I don't know if she has a standing to even talk about that. Um, I mean, have, are we asking the same from Drake? He's half Jewish. No, I would agree. But and and, and right. And I think the same thing. Drake, Beyonce, like, Drake, though. And that goes that's to. That's not fair. That's not fair. Yes, but I that think goes, it, I think it point, is. I think it is. I think it is. I, brought up is we love to Noah says she's it and she's one of the great right so when we talk about that and we talk about the Michael Jacksons the Aretha Franklins all of those it the greats who have went down in history whose music will be sampled and they will be mentioned for generations to come I don't, mean I feel like I feel like for her on the line those people had an opinion on real world issues such as I mean, this. I feel like for her, Lemonade was the Black Lives Matter, the the Blackest King. Now, are is she gonna be international? Yeah, I don't think so. What I think that that was Lemonade was definitely her response to Black Lives Matter. But 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 then I think but then I think there's the difference, and then I think um, here's where I think the where I think people take it. I'm not even criticizing you. I think other people take it too far, 
and that I think it's like I think that's the ghost. music. The music can only represent so much of it, and I can only take so much of your music at face value if I don't actually know why you're doing it. And Beyonce has never given an inkling to the why, the what, the what I'm trying to do because she just doesn't talk. So it's like it's kind of like I can only I can only take but so much of what you're doing at face value because I think even me, I think as a person, I think I kind of view it skeptically where I'm like, I don't, I, you might just be doing this because you know, this is what the culture wants. I don't necessarily think that, but I don't know. And you've never given me the opportunity to quell that, con not concern, but quell that thought where like, I think you just, Beyonce just might be a really good marketer and know where the culture wants to be. Um, it, it, I don't know that. No, no one's saying it because everything I said to like um, my other point of just observing from a marketing standpoint, like, I never like Noah's really making me think in real time here because I like I don't think I've ever sat down and listened to a Beyonce interview or heard her real opinions on things. And she she doesn't definitely do that. Definitely doesn't share opinions. <laughs> however, however, she doesn't do them. Point, she doesn't though, do them. Her her music, especially since the digital drop in, in this digital age, has been outwardly marketed toward the culture and speaking up in a way of like defense or painting us in a like better like not better than but like it's just, it's very it's signaling it's signaling right. something that, and, thank you thank you so like for me i never like like i'm just interpreting the music as her saying these things i she never said these things so when noah was saying that i was like damn like damn okay like yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. So even I brought up the point of the Palestine stuff, like, and that makes me think, is she what for me as a person who has like black figures on my wall that I look up to and like want to emulate to some degree, I would say these figures are there because they have done characteristic defining moments. We could say this is the topic of 2023 when we talk about Tory Lanez and Jonathan Mays and all this other stuff, like if Beyonce isn't willing to define her character for me, I don't think I'm going to consider her great of my However, I, oh, I, no, you can't do that. What, what I will say this is that I think we also have to be consistent because I think we are very selective and I think holding us, holding Beyonce to a standard that we wouldn't hold anyone else to. Um, where I think it's oh, a matter I, of like we're not... In this Drake stuff? What do you Wait. say? What did you say? Henry? Basically just said that I couldn't compare. Because uh, I, I just feel like, I mean, I know the topic is Beyonce, but I brought up Drake. I'm bringing up all these other people who had put out music this year and been touring and outside who also haven't said anything. So why? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that was the point that I was trying to get at is that I think um, there's a lack of consistency that we have. And that I think it is valuable for us to ask these questions, but it's valuable for us to ask these questions of everybody. The same way we should ask be asking this of Beyonce. Taylor Swift, you haven't said shit either. So, like, what's what the fuck is up with you two? Okay, um, oh, person of the year, person of the fine person but, of the year. Yeah, exactly. But it's like it's 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 consistency, and I think like the Beyonce conversation is I think is something totally different. Um, because like I personally, and like this can be a conversation between Mackenzie and I offline. There are so many questions to me about Black is King that have just gone so unanswered. Because that film on its face is honestly ridiculous. And someone needs to answer for that film. I never film. saw that. You're talking about Lion King? I actually never saw it. No, 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 no. Her Black is King joint. Oh, oh, the, the music video? That It's ridiculous. Beyond... Yeah. But people were dragging it. It wasn't that terrible. People... <laughs> Y'all hated it. Y'all hated it. 
because that goes to Henry's point. If you're just putting this out with no context, I think you're crazy now. And- I feel like she was just having fun, trying to do something. Else. But now that I will agree with you on the point of like, this is a time where Afrobeats is becoming a major thing. Everyone's hopping on that. I do think that that might have been like, let me just hop on a Afrobeats thing real quick and like put that out because that's what the people want. Well, there it is. Um, we're gonna do some quick edits because we're running on like forty-four minutes right now. That's my recording. Um, apparently, Barbie is the highest-grossing movie of twenty twenty-three. I personally watched Oppenheimer, which I loved. I did not go see Barbie, but I don't know what you still you never saw Barbie. About. I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's 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 do a review. We'll do a special <laughs> review and watch the other film. Yeah, I mean, I liked Barbie. Now, people, I don't know if it got nominated or they were, it was like some snubs or something that happened with it. I don't, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if it was good enough to be nominated for like Oscars or whatever, but I definitely thought it was 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 a moment. Yeah, it was a moment. And the thing that I really want to study and learn about from that movie is if we're talking about marketing, everyone that marketing team, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Or did they just, brilliant? No, I think they had a very sick, but it wasn't anything innovative or, or different. Let's be clear. They did does it have, need to it's be? not about that. It's not about that. It was yeah, simple. does it need to be? <laughs> they simple. literally just had a huge budget in widespread. I mean, yeah. That's but it worked. What, but it worked. That's <laughs> it what it worked. Work. Yeah, I guess like it, it doesn't need to be innovative it if it works. It was simple. I guess people as a can... person, like, 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 it was, it was almost annoying, though. I guess that's where I'm saying, like, oh, I think here, the movie as, wasn't as a... even that good. It was well, cute. It's not about, it was, it's not it about that. Cute. It was cute. That. It wasn't bad. Did they, it, did they get their return on investment? Obviously. Hopefully. Yes. Right. Yeah, they did. So, you know, sure. I, did... I, I would say this. Here's my question to you. As a marketer, and I'm not, um, Black people were dressing up as Ken and Barbie. Something worked. People were going <laughs> we up don't, People only did that the last time for Black Panther. Something worked. <laughs> we can't deny that. I don't know what it was, but like we're not just throwing up as you know oh, outside yeah. of and like and like yeah. black kids were doing that for Spider Man. So like we only break not, the costumes out random outside like, without seeing Barbie. So something worked. That, I don't see, I don't think, I don't agree with it nah. has to be innovative to be like good. It was simple. You knew what to do. Yeah. But I will say, um, also the 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 CEO of Mattel or the, the Barbie company, um, they've been, I don't know if you guys knew this, but they're trying to make it like, um, like the superhero movies. They have a different Barbie movie for different. No. No. I th- honestly, I wouldn't be, I don't see it. I don't see it not working because there are, I mean, I grew up with Barbie. So there's so many storylines within just the Barbies. Like you could come up with 10 stories that's already written for these Barbies or whatever. Now, will they all be successful? I don't know. But I do think that like when you mention innovative, I don't know. Because the way that the pink, they could have been breeding the pink in us like last year before like the full on marketing uh combustion like was unloaded and launched on us they could have been feeding us little pink stuff or whatever it it now i am a cannabis smoker it it literally got into me so much that i got pink 
roll of papers. And I know people who were getting pink papers too. Everything, pink is not even my favorite color, but it just got into me so much that I wanted to get pink stuff. Like, So that's what I mean when like <clears throat> marketing plays on psychology, right? It does. Right. So when you overkill, it subconsciously becomes uh, in like thing you think about. But I wouldn't say overkill. That's I, I'm not saying that's essentially what they did. That's why I'm saying it wasn't innovative. It wasn't anything cool. It just they had a huge budget, and they put the shit. Excuse me. They put the stuff everywhere. You've seen it literally on donuts and baking pot, wherever they had it. Every single place you went, in places it wasn't even supposed to be, so that. You know, they get this gross of income. Now, crazy enough, I don't I would be curious to know how they obtained the budget. Why aren't other films giving the same, you know, whatever? I mean, but that's, I mean they just, that's why they I knew. Mattel had literally gave them so much money because they envisioned this becoming more. They knew, they, knew they were going to get return on investment so we can spend it because we know we're going to get it back. So like cut 100 yeah. million, we'll get 200 on the back end. So. <laughs> Do a case study as a marketing professional as to like you know what made it work and gross and get that high return. I would say cons- I would say consistency. They were consistent. I and think it was the simple. overkill. Yeah, but- it was it was always there, and the like the ask is not great. It's not you have to do this thing, and you have to do like it's just wear pink <laughs> and like do this Barbie. We grew up with that since we were kids. It's like that also is the marketing part is like we're they're asking us to go back to a brand that we've been familiar with for 28 years. It's not that hard. And that also maybe plays a great part into it. The timing. I think it does. Because we're in this like age of defining culture, figuring out, do we want to stay nostalgic or move futuristic? Barbie was such a defining cultural thing especially for the female genre or species or whatever word you want to use species ooh, ooh, we're gonna edit that out species ooh, moving moving I'll let on. you slide we're with done. the female we're at done. the beginning i let you yeah, slide with female done. at the beginning we're now done. you're saying species really moving moving just saying, on it, like for women barbie was a big deal right which in case for white women, I mean, it was a it was a big deal for sure. Phenomenon is real, right? Like those things play a part, um, especially when you think about marketing. So, like, if they would have dropped this in two thousand five, when that other Barbie doll movie, um, Barbie doll movie, not Barbie doll, Bratz or whatever, um, movie. that movie, brand, that movie was different not brand. Good. That movie, but it's was also not. different, different brand. Yeah, and that movie was good. You can maybe argue that it has the same cultural significance, especially. No, no, and not at all. Not at all. That movie was not good. (laughs) No, I'm talking about the nostalgia of the movie and timing and all of that. Not even, not not even close. And, and I would argue like Brad. Okay, okay, Noah, if they drop like a, a live action Hot Wheels movie. Now and it had like they already did Fast and Furious. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's literally that. I mean, I don't know. As soon as you said Hot Wheels, the only thing I can think of is Fast and Furious. No, you're right. I'm. I was trying to think of a like for me. I play. I loved Hot Wheels when I was young. I used to have a big I, old set. I did too. Right. 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 So I was trying to think of a very significant cultural item that could, you know, what I'm saying. Or the did y'all watch the? I mean, definitely. I get what you're trying to say. Avengers, though, believe... arguably Avengers, right? Avengers is like I was just about to say, yeah, Avengers like, or, like or the Ninja <laughs> Turtles thing, but it's not the same impact. It's not the same. It's not the same. Avengers was like Avengers is historically one of the top grossing films in the oh. United States history, right? So, like, arguably, again, timing, nostalgia, and being able to build up that, you know, energy around the film, I think, plays a lot into, again, why it works. Avengers is a great-ass franchise, not only because... They need to give it up. I'm sorry. But that's what I'm saying. Now, now, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Not doing so great, but what worked in that time period where they were hitting gross numbers every single time they dropped and people were going dressed up and this was a cultural, you know, thing. All of that adds, you know, that that becomes the marketing behind it. That was my point. I love it. Comparing brats to Barbie. What a turn. Hello. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're going to just go through this quickly. Uh, we have inflation. That's the main topic. And I'm going to ask you all this because I bet I'll say this after I ask you this question because this is my soapbox about uh, the Biden campaign in 2024. Do you actually know what inflation means, either of you? The dollar is inflated? Meaning it? No. The va- no. So basically, the shortage between. No. Our- <laughs> no. <laughs> so let me just shut up. My understanding is that inf- inflation is basically the percent increase that of goods. So essentially, it's almost like a no. I was right then because that is caused because of let's say what we're going through now is of short like the factories and suppliers and people who are giving us the things to allow us to live our life. Right? They they had a shortage. And there was an influx in the amount of people ordering and shit after the COVID time period. Is that not how inflation happened? You're close. You're close. Um, essentially, inflation has to do largely with just kind of like the difference between price here and what it was here. Where, and I, I'm only getting to this because I think the more people people don't know what inflation is. Inflation just means my you know my fucking gas is high. <laughs> so I think. That all goes to say that like Biden keeps telling people like inflation's going down, but when you go to the pump and your gas is high at the end of the, when you're filling up your gas, you're going to be like Biden's talking about inflation is lower, but my shit's still high. I think he needs to stop talking about inflation because like who actually knows what that means. And I think that's like a thing that he needs to work on. But that's talk about marketing. Henry, you can figure that out. Um, biggest cultural event for me of all of this was the Alabama brawl. Um, I spent maybe... I just fucked up your flow. I don't know why they didn't hire me, though. Like, I definitely applied for a communications position. I was on mute when you said that, my bad. Oh, with Biden? You don't want that. It's okay. You don't want that. You don't want that. Um, The Alabama brawl was, I think, my favorite moment of 2023. I watched that video from every angle, maybe 
30 times. And if someone played it for me right now on YouTube, I'd watch the whole thing. That for us is our cultural revolution. And I'm telling my kids that was the Boston Tea Party. And I don't care. I um I don't care. One, I don't care. one note though, the 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 white people, not the white people, excuse me. The uh, <laughs> yeah, the they the people uh they had played guilty and the man who mm-hmm. chair chairmaster, uh he had to uh <laughs> <laughs> chairmaster, he got five hundred hours of community service. He deserved that because he he took it a notch too far. He took it too far. The cops were letting him rock, and then he did that and messed. Because that goes to show, it's always that one person who got to take it too far. (laughs) Because they were letting them cook, and then they said, "Okay, now we got to arrest everybody." (laughs) Now we got to step in. (laughs) Now we got to step in. Um, One thing we have, and I think we actually probably need to spend like some fuller time on this: um, the rise of artificial intelligence. Um, There's a conversation about. AI that I actually think is really, really fascinating in terms of like mainly how AI gets its information and who's, how does AI know what's real and what's not? And how does AI know how to separate the real from the bullshit? Um, someone had given me this example at a conference I went to from work and they were like, well, what if you asked AI or an artificial intelligence machine, how do you solve uh, carbon emissions? And if AI had actionable intelligence, carbon emission, the AI machine would say, kill everyone because humans are actually the biggest emitters of uh, like CO2 and like carbon and stuff like that. So it's like, what happens when it, like it can't separate your yes. answer from like the, yeah, yeah. It's like, what happens when it's like people are actually causing the thing that you're asking me. And if you're asking me to come up with a solution about something, it has to do with this, which is actually like a bad thing. How, how does it know that that's bad? If, unless you're teaching it like, Hey, killing someone's wrong, doing all this is wrong. What happens when they're like, as it gets smarter, it outsmarts us. And then how do how do we know that AI is bullshitting us or not if we're if it's smarter than us? I'm scared. That just made me scared. I always say thank you. Have a good like, can you please do this? I try to be nice because I do feel like it's weird. It's like not weird. Like I do. You just say you try to be nice. Look, look. Oh, I'd be, hey. I'd be so. Thank you, thank you for doing that. Oh, good answer. Because hey, no, I'm not, I, I do believe if it is really a machine, like it's what we're enough. using now and it's what Noah described, enough. I feel like is not too far fetched. Like, how is this thing able to not outsmart us? Like, I don't know how that would not be possible. Based off of just technology. That's inevitable. And that's yeah. with humans. Thank we- you. Can you please come up with this for me? Oh my God, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> so, so everyone, here's the immediate scenario that my brain went to because I'm a sick individual. In 15 years, when the chat GPT army takes over and they're going to break into Mackenzie's apartment, she's going to show up her chat GPT history and be like, yo, I've been good to y'all. And they're going to be like, we'll go next door. <laughs> You're yeah, no, no. Both, there's this man Uh-oh. in Atlanta. Oh, they don't so give him extra. He need please run up in his apartment, take all of his stuff. I'll give you. <laughs> you think that machine cares, and I think that's like the. But 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 that's the scary thing. It's a matter of it's like it's 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 frame of reference is what we're telling it. But what if it sees a frame of reference because it's down, it's it's ingesting so much material that we can even conceptualize? What happens when its frame of scope becomes larger than what we're telling it? And what's triggering it from not 
jumping outside the box. Well, so that, far, it's been tight enough to not do that. Problem AI is we really can't control it. No, like, and, and it's and it's becoming smarter every every minute. It's like it's picking up on shit. And it hasn't ChatGPT is like a very light version of it, but like what happens when it's like Bro, ChatGBT is literally the light version. Have y'all not seen that companies have hired an AI CEO? YouTube has it. Have y'all seen on YouTube? Like mm -hmm. YouTube will yeah. have it mm -hmm. in the headline. Like it'll just come up with the headline for you. It's not good, but it'll come up with something that's appropriate for the video. Do you, so like do you when you're texting and typing all like your new Apple update, they finish and you're sitting. That's why. I, this is AI though, because that I feel like that was in Gmail before. That was in Gmail before that, AI. Came. But, but, that, but that's just a lesser version of it. Holding a lesser version of it. Lesser version of it. It's it's picking up on what you're saying and right. assuming that this is what you mean. Because like another scary, not a scary scenario, but like a scenario that can be very influential. Like I've played around with this. Like um, if you ask GPT about like, hey, what stocks should I buy? It's going to tell you look that shit up yourself so it, it has a guardrail to say like we're not going to influence the market because i'm sure chat gpt knows the answer based on all of the public information that it's receiving in terms of hit stock history it can probably easily digest and say hey these industries are probably the best but it's not it's not telling us that yet That's and no, it's yeah. probably tell it's probably telling somebody that it ain't telling the general public that. There you go. There you go. There you go. Because my question, because somebody's funding chat GBT. Why wouldn't you want to make this machine? There's an industry behind that. Mm -hmm. Somebody's taking yeah. money off this, and that's when it becomes a human error and problem because we as humans we're lazy. Convenience is a big thing. So chat GBT makes it super easy. That's why like these jobs are honestly getting ridiculous with their hiring process because it becomes a question of like, well, are they actually doing the work? And like, that's why they want us in the office more and all this other stuff. Like, it's crazy. Why Wait, what do you mean about the hiring process? It's automation. It's, oh, you know, oh it's, bad. That part. Yeah, it's like work workplace efficiency and all these other kind of things. But chat GPT plays a part in that. Um, I think we should table the Harvard president thing. Let's have that be, that's a conversation for next time. Uh, Acker Strike, we talked about that. Go see our uh, podcast episode with Maisha Miller, still one of our favorite uh, episode guests of the year. And I think that's it for us. Uh, this has been actually a very long podcast. Um, any New Year's, any New Year's goals or resolutions or uh, also favorite um, TV show and movie of the year? I know I just put you all really on the spot on that. But, I don't know um, if I saw this this year, but I'll say a thousand and one with Tiana Taylor. I don't know why that just came to mind. No, that came out this year. That, that came was out this such year. a great movie. That was such a great movie. It just popped in my head. And favorite show, I'll say again, Black Cake right now. Um, it's one of the few shows that I'm like, I put my phone down and I actually watch. Um, make sure I'm tuned in. And then New Year's Resolution. I don't know. I want 2024. I feel like 2023 for me has been very consistent. Like the everything's been kind of just mellow, same thing, consistent. So for 2024, I just want more abundance and career life. Yeah. Thrive era. Yeah. Thrive. Thrive. thrive Not era. surviving, but thriving. Um, Favorite movie. Um, What was it? The Blackening? The horror comedy joint? That was 
I've never, I have not laughed that hard in a movie in a long, long time. That was a good movie. Um, favorite TV shows I've watched this year are probably The Bear, because um, my stepmom's a chef. And um, there's a show on Hulu originals are actually like really, 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 really quality. Um, there's a show that was based in the Dominican Republic called Dia de los Muertos, which was really good. It's about this basically this Dominican dictator, which I think a lot of people don't really know about, which is very interesting. Um, my goal, I say this every year, to read more. I feel like I've gotten so busy with other things that I actually don't sit down and like read um, as much as I would like to. Henry, close us out. Honestly, I was sitting here thinking the whole time. I I don't know. Um, I don't know what movies are that like really hit the spot for me. A movie that I like recently uh, that I guess I would just recommend. And it's crazy when we talk about chat GPT and all that stuff. It's called Leave the World or something on Netflix. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard. Yeah, that I want to watch. It's ballistic. Like, it's good. It was good. I've heard it's crazy. I've heard it's crazy. It's you think for real because, Ooh, like, I'm going to watch it this weekend then. Yeah, it was, it makes you think. So I appreciated that movie. Um, shows, same blanket. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, like that's a, I I don't know. TV is boring right now for real. Oh, to me, TV is great. Actually, I think the opposite. I think there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good TV. There's not a lot of good movies. Partly because of the writer strike. You're yeah. not you're also, not watching rap shit. You mentioned Black K. Yeah, I like rap. I like rap shit. It took me a minute to get into it, but it's good. I like it. I watched that. I watched rap shit. It's cool, but I guess like I I need something very interesting that. Oh, here's a movie that I have not seen, but I will recommend. There's a movie that just came out. Issa Rae is in it. Tracy Ellis Ross. Um, Jeffrey Wright, who's a really underappreciated Black actor who doesn't get his proper flowers. It's a movie called American Fiction. It was originally a book that I read by Percival Everett. It's basically about a Black writer who basically kind of plays into the tropes and then becomes a really, really successful writer um, through kind of amplifying like the worst parts of our culture because that's what the white world largely wants to consume when it comes to so it's kind of like a very much so like a play on culture or play on like writing and stuff like that i it seemed like a really really good film Issa ray is also in it what do you say what platform uh, i think it's just out in movie theaters you know we don't really do that that much anymore oh i something i've been wanting to watch but just been trying to get my mind in the space to watch it like tyler perry's uh, autobiography or a little like story i heard was pretty decently good um i just haven't had the time to well when henry does have the time he'll do a review on that on our social media platforms that includes tiktok twitter and instagram at wrgopod for all of us that concludes our season four episode four this has been an amazing 2023 thank you for all of us um from on behalf of all of us for listening liking and subscribing uh, especially for all of the folks who watch us on YouTube. Our growth on that platform has been super, super Major broad. love. All 16.7 thousand of y'all. That, yeah, that's, I hear. that's crazy. That's crazy. So thank you for that. And we look forward to growing with you all next year. So be sure to once again, follow us on all of our social media platforms. That includes Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WRGOPod. Be sure to like, listen, subscribe, and comment on all of our streaming platforms that includes YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeart uh, Radio, and Amazon. 
Happy New Year and all of that jazz.